and let's roll. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Mike Sappho Podcast, broadcasting to you live, as always, from Jack Dempsey's Bar and Grill, 36 West 33rd Street, around the corner from the Empire State Building. Thank you, everyone, who has listened to and subscribed to my podcast. It's on every podcast app, iTunes, Stitcher, the iTunes app. Search me anytime by typing in Mike Sappho, M-I-K-E-S-A-F-O. The last five guests, heavyweight boxer, gentleman Jerry Cooney, Jackie the Joke Man Martling from Howard Stern, Ramel Smooth Bradley from Kentucky, the youngest man to ever visit every country in the world, Lee Abamante, and tonight's guest, former roommate, Cameron Mills. We can only go up from there. Welcome, member of the 1998 Kentucky National Basketball Champions, current head coach at Manhattan College, Steve Masiello. What's going on, coach? Thanks for having me, man. Everything's good. How you doing? Always good, man. Thank you. Good. Now, the big question is, why didn't you come out last week when Cam was up here, double-fisting water, <laughs> causing, causing a drought here in New York? Some of us have to recruit. I had to get some players. We, we were out recruiting, hitting the recruiting trails. Uh, sorry, I missed you guys. I know Cam was in for a little bit, I think, for, the, uh, for a dinner. Um, but uh, as always, I'm sure Cam made it a very interesting night. The, you know what? You went right to the thing, recruiting style. Yeah. Coaching under Patino for a while. Yep. What is your recruiting style? Uh, being up front, really telling kids. We talk about it all the time. This decision isn't about the next four years. It's about the next 40 years of your life. Probably besides who you marry, it's the most important decision of your life. Um, we constantly are trying to talk to young people about understanding it's not you don't want to be told what you want to hear you want to be told what you need to hear let's talk about the things you need to get better at let's talk the ways you can improve let's talk about building a brand um a lot of kids today they just kind of want to be told how good they are um which is understandable and we try to take a little different approach and kind of say hey these are the areas you need to work at um this is what a manhattan degree can do for you this is what this college can do for you and um we've had a lot of success doing it that way and it's something that works for us you know recruiting there's a lot of different ways to do it um you got to find your fit your style that works and something that the kids respond to. Now, growing up in New York, yep. we're going to jump all over the place. That's the yeah, yeah. We just Great. like we're hanging out Love at a bar, which we are. <laughs> How did you become a New York Knicks ball boy, which I just found this out around 10 minutes ago? Crazy story. Okay, I so, so 1989, I'm up at uh, the Knicks training facility at the time was SUNY Purchase, okay? okay? During camp, they would have all their guys stay at the Rytown Hilton in Westchester County. I'm going over the uh, Rytown Hilton for something with my father. I, I think he had a meeting or I was getting a haircut. I can't remember what it was. And um, craziest thing is I was actually a Celtics fan, okay? And Mark Larry Bird, Kevin yeah, Kale, of course. Robert okay. Parrish, Dennis, DJ, Danny. You know, like that, that's who I grew up watching. And uh, all of a sudden I see Mark Jackson walking through the parking lot with an with a ice on his knee. He just had arthroscopic knee surgery. And I, I just I recognized him. He was just rookie of the year. And I jump up and I go get his autograph. And I ask him for his autograph. And he's kind of like, young fella, calm down. He's like, tell me about yourself. How you doing in school? What's your name? Do you play? So all these things. And then he finally gives me an autograph. And it's raining outside now. We're in the rain. Okay. And we're, we're having probably about an eight-minute conversation. But you don't care. You were talking to Mark I'm, Jackson. I'm talking to Mark Jackson. Come on. You know, so this is unbelievable. I'm becoming a Nick fan right now. So he goes, uh, why don't you come by practice tomorrow? So I go, when's practice? And he goes, tomorrow at 10 a.m. So I went to SUNY Purchase Sunday at 10 a.m. So now I'm there. Just so happened, one of the guys, someone, they needed a guy to help out wipe the floor. So I get a towel. Mike Saunders, the trainer at the time. I get out. I start wiping the floor. So now I'm like the kid who won't, won't stop. Now I'm there all the time. I won't leave SUNY Purchase. I'm, I'm camping out. I'm hiding in bathroom. I'm doing, you know, I'm, I'm like, this is unbelievable. This is a dream job. A couple weeks go by. They invite me down to the garden. Dream come true. You know, New York kid getting to be on the garden floor. I was like, this is unbelievable. Next thing, I developed great relationships with guys like Charles Oakley, still to this day one of my dearest friends, Johnny Newman, Mark John Starks, Mark Jackson, all these guys I'm around on a daily basis. Coach Patino is the coach. Mm -hmm. Then from there, Coach, 
you know, Mike, he had a son, Michael, who was my age, who also would ball boy at times. We wind up going to summer camp, staying at Coach's mom's house. And the next thing I know, I'm staying, you know, like it was just a storybook dream. And, that, and I wound up being a ball boy for like the next seven years. It was unbelievable. I was there for Pat Riley, uh, Jeff Van Gundy, Don Nelson, Stu Jackson, uh, Pat Riley. It was amazing. It was like, a, you know, for, for a 12-year-old kid. That's a dream. That was, was literally a dream come true. I'm watching, I'm, you know, I'm watching the playoffs, Bulls, Jordan's in the garden. I remember the game, Scottie Pippen got thrown out, and he had to go back to the locker room, and I had to go back there. And, you know, I'm sitting in the locker room with Scottie Pippen. Like, you need a dream, you know, you need water, you need Gatorade, what can I, you know. It's, it's, so I was really fortunate at a young age to be around some awesome, awesome guys, and, and uh, I just fell in love with basketball. It just was life-changing. Now, is there any hope for the Knicks, for real? Because him and I are diehard Knicks fans. Are there any, is there any hope for them? I, I think there is. I think they have some really good pieces. I just think they need to, you know, just keep building on what they're doing. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, tra trading Carmelo and moving Carmelo. But, you know, listen, New York's a great market. Who wouldn't want to play here? Who, you know, New York loves winners. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think they, they got to make some moves and get some key pieces. But I, I have faith. I hope they, you know, I want New York to be great. You always want your teams to be, do well. And obviously, I always pull for them. Now, you were a good basketball player, obviously, in high school. I was, in high school, yeah. I was a good player in high school. I'm not yeah. saying you went downhill yeah. from there, but yeah, yeah. Now, what, now, were you, because I actually don't know this. So, so yeah. Were you a Kentucky fan? What made you want no, to go to Kentucky? No, so it, it, I'll never forget it. I was going to go to Davidson okay. and play in, in, uh, down in the Carolinas. I was going to go down to Davidson and play. Coach McKillop was, is still the head coach there. And I was, I was a decent player, and, and I was getting recruited by a couple D1 schools. And um, Coach Patino, and, and I'll never forget this, he. Uh, a lot of guys went pro off that 96 team. And I think maybe one one or two guys might have left early that they didn't expect it. And literally you – know, Eight guys went yeah, pro. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a big big year. I think Antoine left early. Then a lot of guys mm -hmm. go. And, and so Coach actually called – him and my dad were friends. And Coach actually called me up and he goes, hey, you know, are you, do you still want to get into coaching? I said, yeah, I want to get into coaching. And he goes, well, why don't you come on down and, you know, you're not going to play, but learn coaching, practice, be on the team, do all those things, and be a walk-on and, and be a part of this thing down here and it would be great for both of us so I was like you don't have to tell me twice so I was going to go to Davidson and play I wind up going to Kentucky as a walk-on and then coach leaves and takes the Celtic job he leaves me for 70 million and I'm and Tim Duncan yeah and Tim Duncan and uh so then I played for coach Smith for three years wind up earning a scholarship get named captain and it was it was probably the greatest four years of my life I mean we just had such a great bond as players and coaches it was it was life-changing. It was a great opportunity and phenomenal experience. Two questions on that. Is it like a bittersweet that you didn't win a championship with Patino and then you ended up winning with Tubby? You know, it's funny. It, you know, looking back at the time, yeah, you were like, you know, that would have been. But we got to go to a Final Four my freshman year. We lose in overtime. Arizona. Arizona, Miles, Simon, Bibby. That team was absolutely loaded. We come back the next year and we win it. Um, and I really think this, if we don't lose in 97, I don't know if maybe we win it in 98 because that really gave us great fuel and motivation, you know, with those guys. And uh, it was special. You know, I'm just very fortunate and happy I got one, you know, and to be, a, be around one. And, and, and as you get older, it's kind of less about how much did you play or what did you score and just that you have a championship or a part of one is a real special thing. And it's something I cherish. And, it, and it's funny, like, with that group of guys, the bond we have is really amazing. You know, we'll, we'll go a couple months without talking, some, to, some guys even a year or so, but then we pick up right away right where we left off, and we're looking forward to next year, hopefully a 20-year uh, reunion on it. Well, that's what I was going to say, because yeah. Cam just did the documentary on the 96 <clears throat> team, yep. and he said you guys are definitely He's not doing, doing a documentary on the 98 team. We're not letting him get oh, really? it. Was all deal. We're shutting that down. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I really <laughs> want you guys to shut it down. We're shutting that down. <laughs> okay, because they, they got flack, which is bull crap, for going to Miami. Who yeah. wouldn't want to go to Miami? Right, right. 
If they ask you where do you want to go, where do you have them come? I think we should do a tour. I think we should. I think we should do a couple cities. Make it a multi. You got some NBA guys. You yeah, got yeah, good jobs. You guys yeah, should be going we, to a little tour. Yeah, we got, we make a little tour on this one. You know, maybe get get a little Lexington, a little Vegas, a little uh, Florida, <laughs> New York. I don't know, Chicago. Let's hit a couple cities on this. No, wherever we do it, it's really going to be great. I, I think it's. Um, you know, that was such a special group of guys. You know, I'll, I'll never forget that '97 year when Coach left. Jeff Shepard had a team meeting and basically was like, hey, none of us are transferring, none of us are leaving, no one's going anywhere, we're going to do this thing and we're going to all stay together. And there was nine returning guys and, and we all kind of just, from that point on, it was really, uh, you know, Padgett and Mills and Shep and Allen Edwards and, and a lot of those guys from that team, Scott's now the head coach of Sanford, Allen's doing terrific out at Wyoming. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of those guys have gotten into coaching and, and it's just great to still connect with them that way. So it's, it's really an awesome group. Did you have a different mindset playing in Kentucky because you're not – you didn't go down there to be a player, basically. Yeah, like, I, I totally. Like, I was taking notes after practice. Like, well, that's what I was going to yeah. ask. Like, while you're yeah. running like this time, dude, I'm just going to coach. I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like, you know, obviously I was part of the team and doing everything. And, and you know, you're not – coming from New York, I've never seen anything like Lexington. You know, it's, it's when you're a basketball player at Lexington, it, there should be a class just for that. I mean, it's really – You're literally a rock star. It's, no, it's, it's overwhelming, you know, and, and you're not – you don't realize some of the things maybe you do could come off the wrong way or things – you know, so it's, it's a real – uh, it, it's a learning on the job, so to speak, type of thing. Um, but like for me, it was always about you know when I was there picking up things and, and like we were, I'll never forget like Frank Vogel, who's now the coach of the Magic. He was one of our film guys. He was like a manager. He, you know, he was on the JV. Like we were just surrounded by so many basketball minds. So it was like almost a think tank all the time where guys were just always challenging each other, throwing ideas at each other. <clears throat> and it just made for, I think, so many people to kind of springboard off of that. And, and it really gave you great motivation. Every day you went to practice or you went to that gym, it was, it was so exciting because you knew you were going to get challenged, especially for a guy like me who wanted to be a coach and knew it. And I'm seeing all these things and picking up all these nuances. You know, and you're, you're taking your notes and you're working guys out and you're getting worked out. And it was just, you know, for me, it was, it, I don't think I could have gotten that in 20 years working what I got in those four years there. And I try to tell my friend John who's here, I'm diehard Kentucky. Yeah. I always say yep. the truth. And this mm -hmm. is a, my wife, actually, a big reason we got divorced is because of my love for Kentucky. You know, it's <laughs> embarrassing. Like, my, I, I've told the story literally a hundred times. Yeah. My dad's side of the family doesn't really speak to me because I missed my dad's, my uncle's funeral because the Kentucky Louisville Final Four. It's, but right. listen, I'm not, it's, bad. it's, it's embarrassing. It's bad. But what, what makes the Kentucky fans so, because they are crazy. Like, I, I'm a, yeah. I watch every <clears throat> sport. They're obsessively yeah. crazy. I, you know, I think, one, they're very knowledgeable. So they appreciate finer things in, in sports and, and they've been very, you know, Kentucky's put out one of the better pro products, you know, in basketball history. Um, there's no pro teams there. So, and when I say no pro teams, there's no pro teams in any sport, mm -hmm. you know, so that, that is it. It's Kentucky basketball and the Derby really. Um, and you see their passion for Kentucky basketball. It, it is infectious. It is contagious. Um, and it's almost like if you don't have it, you get weeded out. You know what I mean? You know, I mean it's, 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 it's true. You have to have a passion for basketball. I mean, it was amazing. Like, I'm, I'm seeing – I'll never forget. I'm seeing children born and being named after players. Like, it, you know, I'm coming from New York. You know, it's a little – you know, people are naming them after college kids. You know, and I'm like, wow, this is – this is special. This is really a special thing. And, and, you know, I don't care where you're from. When you go there, you feel that. And I think they know the players respond to it well. Um, and it's really led to some special things. But they are some of the most passionate, driven fans I've ever seen anywhere in my life. Now, you and Coach Patino still tight? Yeah, we're still, we still talk. We're still close. Now, how, was it emotional coaching against him? Uh, very. the NCAA, loved very, doing, they love doing very, that. They yeah, love doing that. Very. It, it, it was um, – I, I don't – 
you know, you want to say, hey, this is great and a phenomenal opportunity. Um, but it, where, where it hurt me was I, I didn't have anyone to call and kind of get advice because <laughs> I'm playing them, you know. Coach, so, I, I you? so I can't pick up the phone and say, hey, what do you think? So it was kind of like, wow, this isn't that much fun, <laughs> you know. And, and you're, you're preparing for him and you just know how good he is or what he does and how he goes about things and how well prepared his teams are. So we knew we had our hands full. Um, it, you know, in hindsight, I, I, I never want to play against anyone I know, or I'm, I'm, you know, I'm friendly. I just, it, it, I don't like it. Um, but in, in, in the same aspect, it was quite an honor just to be on the same sideline as him. Okay, now some personal stuff. Oh no, no, nothing big. Come on, you're a New York kid. Yep. Favorite New York hangout growing up? Oh wow. Uh, restaurant? What are we talking? No, here? no. Favorite hangout? You're 17 years old, 16 years old. Besides hanging out with the Knicks yeah. and Scotty Pippen in the locker room. Yeah. Which I was in favorite? the gym. I was in the gym. Oh really? You weren't like a big going out in the city? Not at all. Really? Not, not at all. I was. I was a gym rat. I mean, this, this is how bad it was. We had a group of kids. There was like nine of us, um, and, and you know, some guys like Eric Abagu went on to play, um, you know, for, in the NFL, and he was a, a very good NFL player, and he's big with Under Armour now. And there was a group of us, and and we would break into gyms like on a Friday night, you know what I mean? And just play three on three. I mean, that was like our, our fun. Like that was, we were obsessed. Like we just loved basketball. basketball. Through room and through. through, and through. That was it. We were always trying to find a game. We were always trying to play. We were always traveling somewhere. Like I really don't remember my high school years having weekends of, of like we were always playing somewhere. You know, really? we, we'd go play in tournaments. We'd go play in School Street and Yonkers, go play two games, go up to Greenberg, play two more. All sleep over someone's house. Get up Sunday, play three. We play seven games in a week. So you know? it, it was your life. Like it wasn't it was, like that was it. let's go to Chinatown nah, and hang out nah, in the arcades. Nah, really? No, nah, we we didn't do any of that. We just played ball. And what we would do is, you know, like we played in a lot of tournaments in the city or in the Bronx. You know, we played in UDC. We played in citywide. We were playing in these tournaments all throughout the city, and it was just you know it was really awesome. You know, it was a, it was a whole basketball just drove us. It was kind of just we, that's all we did. And then then you kind of got down to college and. You did more basketball, and then you kind of saw what, you know, what the social scene was like down there, and that was really awesome. And then kind of when I came back to New York City the second time as an assistant coach, when I came back up here after going to Tulane, that's when I really started to enjoy New York City. That was like, that was when I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. I'm 24 years old. I'm in New York City, and 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 I know a couple people. And you have a job, so you have, and some I have money. a job. So this is this is nice. This All right, is so good. New York City favorite pizza spot then? Uh, pizzas. I like artichoke pizza. Okay, I, I'll go there. Great, I'll, okay. yeah, solid place. I, I'll go there. Uh, you know, I'll go down to. I, I go to Little Italy here and there. Lombardi's, Lombardi's, Lombardi's good. Yeah, I go okay. there. It's okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'm all over the place. You know, I'll eat anywhere. Favorite hangout now then. Uh, to- I like Tao. I go to Tao, okay. Tao downtown. You're kind of big time. I see no, I'm far from big time. time now. No, no, no. I, 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 I grew up. I grew up with a lot of those guys. Not grew up. I know a lot of those guys for 20 years. <laughs> okay. You know, and and so now they're they're the big time guys. So I'll go. I'll go over to Tao, have a little dinner, and hang out. And uh, that's always a fun place. And you know, oh no, Tao's yeah, good. Yeah. I can't afford it that much. I'm not big time like you. Now let me ask you this: <laughs> worst style growing up. Now New Yorkers have like they try to make a style. What was yeah. it? I'll tell you mine. This is horrible. I used to rock the one leg up. One ooh, leg down. Ooh. That was a horrible one. Yeah. And the other one, I used to have the starter jacket with like a hundred. Remember those little um, the pins? Yes. Yeah, like yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. What was your? I remember like trying to collect I think, them. I think the tag. Remember when people were leaving the tag on the hat? On the hat? Yes. I think I, I think I did that. I hate to say it, but I think I was rocking a tag on a hat for a little bit. <laughs> I'll tell you when your name first came up. When not when it first came yeah. up, I went down to visit Cameron the first time, and I do his radio show. Yep. So he asked me how I became a Kentucky fan. So I'm like, oh, I was being a little punk New York kid, and him. Johnny Pittman, I think Dick Gabriel. Okay. He's like, oh, it sounds yeah. lovely. Masiello came down there. When you went to Kentucky, because when I yeah. go, yeah. John sitting next to me. He's my best friend. We travel all over. Yeah. Yeah. We've been to like 40 countries together. Wow. Japan, Thailand. Wow. We've been all over. 
Here we're normal. When we go there, we kind of put on the New York. We'll be at a bar and be like, "Can we have a beer and a water?" And you try to. Oh, where are you from? Look, we just went to Argentina. Right. He's Argentinian. He speaks Spanish, and we were down there and like you overly put it on. Like, have a beer. Like, when you went down there, did you have a little? Let me show everybody. I'm I'm a New Yorker. You know what? I didn't realize I wasn't very well traveled um, at a young age. So I I really wasn't didn't wasn't aware of how much New Yorkers stood out. Especially, especially uh, in Lexington, Kentucky. You know, when I'm going in, can I have a bacon, egg, and cheese, or a slice of pizza? And you know, they're like, "Well, Domino's is up the block, <laughs> and we don't have bagels." And I'm like, "Wow, okay, this is different." You know what I mean? So right there, they they know. Um, you know, I'd be at like, <laughs> I'd be driving my car, and the light would turn green. And you know, like New Yorkers, if you're that first one at the light, you, you better, better be. You're setting the tone. And and I'm sitting here and I'm on the horn and everyone's like, well, who is that guy? What are you doing beeping? You're like, we don't beep horns down here, you know. And I'm like, okay, I, I gotta, you know, I, I need to hang out with Cam a little bit. Yeah. Got to get 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 Lexington, you know, like get get uh. So it, we had some fun. I mean, guys would give me a hard time about that stuff, but you know, the the good thing was, you know, and being a part of a basketball team, you have guys kind of coming from everywhere. So uh, <laughs> this is, I'll never forget this story. So Jamal McGuire and I are in orientation. We, were, we came in together, and this is how bad it was. We're, we're in this orientation with like 400 kids, and uh, someone go, raises their hand, and it's like, hey, uh, how's the Greek life here? So okay, I'm okay. like, well, what about the Italian and Irish life? Like, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm so no, clueless. No, to, you didn't no, really? I, yeah, I was, you know, I, was, you know, I was like 17, 18 years old. I didn't know anything what Greek life was, fraternities were. So, right? so here's Jamal and I. And Jamal's like, well, I wonder about, you know, what they do with Trinidad's too. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, so we were, you know, I wasn't alone. There was a couple of us that were a little, uh, we, we needed some time to adjust. When, now, this is, this is funny. So, like I said, we travel all over. So, we actually, we were in Thailand. And then we come back, we go to Lexington, him and I, yeah, yeah. for the okay. first time. So, like. Right. We've been all over the world. It, yeah. You know what the funny thing is? We fly to Japan for $500 round trip. It's 500 to go to Kentucky. Kentucky yeah. So we're like, hey, where do you yeah. want to go? So we're in Kentucky, and uh, Sean Curry, he was like one of the managers of Rafferty's. Okay. He gets us a place. So we're like, all right, we'll meet you guys there. Best hot fingers. Oh, it's incredible. Oh, Raff- I crave Rafferty's. Like, I miss the brookie and the hot fingers. It's, it's incredible how good the food is. It's like, unbelievable. I went down there like, oh, it's not. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. So him and I like a half a mile away, and we're like, all right, we'll walk over there. Everyone's like, you're going to walk? I'm like, yeah, why? Like, you're going to they were stunned. Like, wait, we'll pick you up. I'm like, no, it's a half a mile. Yeah. They were flat out. Yeah. And wait, we walked across the street and we were like Man of War Boulevard. Man of War. Man and everyone's like, why you walking? I'm like, who is it walking? <laughs> I, dude, it, yeah. it blew my mind. Oh yeah, it's 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 different. You know, they just it, there's there's different things and and uh, and it's great. You know, like you you get to pick up and learn different you know different styles, different cultures, and you know I learned so much in Lexington really from being around guys like Scott and Cam and Shep and those guys who were who were kind of you know, Southern guys. And then it really tripped me out when I thought we were in the South and then people from there were like, no, this isn't the South. And I'm like, well, this is the South to me. They're like, no, no, the South, this isn't the South. Alabama it was the deep South. South to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Like, yeah. No, we're so, deep down here. But uh, they're wonderful people, great place, uh, some of the best times of my life. The, I went down there maybe four or five times in the past two years mm-hmm. and the people down there, I put on Twitter like, hey, I need a, oh, I wrote to Cam like, hey, and Dick Gabriel, I need a poster from this year. Like three people DM me like, hey, I'll send you up one. Like no matter what you, there, yeah. I never met nicer people. You meet yeah. them one time, yeah, that's uh-huh. it. Great. People message me, hey, I'm coming down. Yeah. They're like, if you get a hotel room, we we'll be mad at you. I'm like, yeah. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> like, no, staying out. Like they're yeah, so yeah. genuine. It's, yeah. Yes. Yeah. New Yorkers don't even talk to you. No, no. no. They, they. I don't want anybody. They ignore my your house. calls. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The phone rings. Like, why are you calling <laughs> me, bro? Yeah. Send the voicemail. I was just saying, and Goff, they leave a goddamn voicemail. They answer on the first ring. Yeah. 
Now, going back to recruiting now, because I actually don't don't know this. Like, obviously, Calipari can fly right now to, yep. truthfully, he can fly to Uganda, yep. London, and L.A. to yep. boom, 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 recruit three people. Yep. Is it tough for you? Because I, I always said, and, like, I had Felipe Lopez on. He comes on all the time. And Kenny yep. Anderson comes on all the time. Yep. Felipe stayed. Kenny left. He yep. went to Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is New York – it's a two-part question. Is, is New York basketball watered down? Or maybe is it was is YouTube killing that? Because I remember, like, it was yep. always the year – it was a point, New York point guard, New York yep. studs. Yep. And you haven't had one for a while since, like, it's maybe Telfair, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good players in New York. Um, there's some really good guards, obviously. I think what's happened is – when I was growing up, and, and Felipe was a little older than me, and Steph and those guys, and Sham and Kareem, um, but there was really only two or three AAU teams. Mm-hmm. And if you weren't the one gotch- of the top, gotchos, gotchos, right? Riverside, the Panthers, you know, maybe Madison Square Broncos too, but there were only like three or four teams you played on. And if you weren't good enough to be on one of those teams, you didn't go play for a worse team. You worked on your game and got better. And now it's like, okay, if I'm not playing on this team, I'll just go play for that team. If I'm not playing on that team, I'll just go. So I don't think the young kids are forced to really get better. It was so competitive when we were growing up. It it, it was so – everything was personal. Everything was, I don't want to get outdone by this one. You know, today it's different. You know, kids play four games. They win two, lose two. They think they had a great day. Mm-hmm. You, you're, you're 500. You, you nailed it because Felipe was here, and he said his games with Kareem Reed, mm-hmm. St. Raymond's when they played. St. Raymond's Rice. Yeah, he was said, unbelievable. I remember going to them. Uh, like, go, And I remember he said they were so intense. Like, uh, He would go home and, and would sleep for two days because yeah. he would give it all, and he goes, we couldn't lose that game. No. And his thing was he would get bothered. Like, He wouldn't care if he had one point. If no. his team won, that's all he that matters. Cha- he didn't, and, that's yet, it. Yeah, and, and that's changed a lot. That dynamic – and why has it changed? Well, it's changed. Social media is a big part mm-hmm. of it because – you know, everyone's in the stats today. Re- winning isn't rewarded as much as it should be, I think. I don't think people make enough of a big deal about winners. You know, like kids are averaging 24, but your team is 4 and 20. Russell Westbrook just you know, loses you know, 4 to 1, but he, yeah. You know, so I, I just think at a young level, um, I think that's what's changed. It, it, so to say it's watered down, I, I think that's one way you can put it. But more than anything else, I just think kids aren't forced to beat people anymore. You know, it's like, okay, well, I don't have to be better than him because I could just go play for this team. And if someone's better than me on that team, I could just go to another team or I could just transfer schools. So it's a different dynamic than it used to be. It was never like that. It was if, if this guy, if you're better than me, I got to get in the gym and I'll, and I'll beat you out for that spot. End of story. Or I'm not going to play. And now back to the recruiting thing, which is like part one of the question. If, like, you, you hear about a kid in Tulsa. Yeah. Is it, or like in Kansas, is it tough for you to get out? How does that work? Because I actually don't know the no, answer. I mean, you know, no, we can't go to, we can't go to Teterboro and get on a Gulfstream yeah. like some of these guys <laughs> and go down private, you know, but like for us, if, if we have a, the one thing you don't want to do in recruiting is waste time. You know, you don't want to waste time. So you don't want to go recruit a kid that you don't really have an in with. Mm-hmm. I'm not just going to, you don't just go, very rarely can you go blind, what I call, and recruit someone mm-hmm. where you don't know anyone in their camp, you don't have a previous relationship. Um, now, let's just say Cam were to call me up and say, hey, Steve, there's a kid in, uh, you know, Paducah, Kentucky, or there's a kid in uh, Tennessee. We have a, you know, I have a good in with. I know the family. I think you should recruit him. I'm on the next plane, or, or one of my assistants are getting down there. We're going to go, you know, see him and evaluate him. Um, and we'll go anywhere. You know, we'll go anywhere in the country. We'll go anywhere in the United States. If, if we think someone's a good fit for the way we do things in Manhattan, we're, we're really excited about that. But we always want to kind of know, we have an in. You know, we don't just want to show up blind. And it, at, at this level, um, if you're a top 20 in, in the country, top 25, that's a little different. You can mm-hmm. kind of come in blind. and then, But then still you want to make sure you're not going up against someone that it maybe has an in. and, and Has, has that hook. Yeah. yeah. The wasting yeah. of time is a big thing, right? Huge. It's huge because that it, it's really not about, you know, it, it's not necessarily when you don't get kids. It's when you never really had a chance at a kid. That, that's, it's one thing if you lose a kid 
and he just wanted to make it. You can't afford it. All these schools are such good choices today. You know, it's not where, how can you really get mad if, if a young man is choosing between, between Carolina, Duke, Kentucky, Louisville? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like four great schools. When it gets tricky is when you never had a chance. You know, like it was almost like you just wasted all this time when you could have been somewhere else or been with someone else that you could have gotten. And that's what you really have to make. That's where the decisions come in, and that's where the evaluating comes in from the head coaches and assistants that you have to be very good at. No, I'm, we're both New Yorkers. Yep. So I can sell New York wherever we go because, like I said, we travel. Yeah. You go to Ireland, yeah. you yep. travel. I'm New York. The first thing anyone ever says, guy or girl, mostly the guys, because yeah. you go to the bars, the guys want to hit on you, and they're like, oh, my dream is to go to New York. My dream is to go. I'm always like, that should be the easiest sale in the world. Yeah. Hey, you want to go play in Manhattan? You want to go tomorrow night? You can take yeah. the train. 20 it's, minutes. Yeah. Is it, it's an easy sale to outer state? Like, Very. Okay. It, it, a lot of people want to be in New York City. They want to be a part of New York City. They want to enjoy New York City. They want to experience New York City. From, you know, even if it's for a weekend. Even if it's, you know, and it gives us the ability to maybe recruit a young man who maybe we couldn't have gotten involved in, but because we are in New York City and maybe because of our engineering program or because of Wall Street or because of whatever their interest might be. You don't care what their interest is. We might have something in New York that we can offer them that maybe a school in Nebraska couldn't offer them. So it's the New York City backdrop plays a big part in what we do. I'm always fascinated that uh, that St. John's isn't higher up there than it, it should be. Listen, I don't know anything about recruiting. I play NBA 2K. I was a below-average CYO player <laughs> averaging like seven points a game. I had like one game of 14 points. My name was in the paper. I saved it. <laughs> but, but I should be like, why isn't St. John's like, here's a picture of Madison Square, come play. Like, it yeah. always bothers me. And my other thing that you're a New York guy, I always wondered why <clears throat> other schools, I don't think I'm telling you how to coach yeah. a team. I know you asked me early to come yeah. help you coach. I will. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> like, Spots open. Yeah, I, I hope so. I hope not. This guy might get fired right next. Um, like guys like Chris Mullen came, New York City legend. Yep. Guys like Kenny Anderson, Felipe, yep. all these guys, do they ever like, want to get into coaching? Have you ever like, hey, you want to help recruit? Or is there a- um, You know, I, I know Felipe. I have a good relationship with Felipe. Obviously, Chris is at St. John's mm-hmm. now, and he, he's doing a great job there. And I, and I think, you know, I talked to Kenny here and there, and, and I think Kenny's actually, I think he's coaching, helping out at a high school in Florida. Mm-hmm. You know, and I he's think. He's now. His documentary is yes, coming out. Yes, documentary yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and, and I think what happens when with those guys, and I don't want to speak for them, they have so much success, and they've, they've accomplished so much. They want to help young people kind of take that next step. And, and I think it, they almost always naturally gravitate towards some form of coaching, whether it's in high school or in college. And, and now you're kind of seeing a trend with Patrick Ewing going back to Georgetown, Chris being at St. John's, where you're seeing some of the former greats come back in. Like we just saw Derek Jeter now become an owner uh, with the Florida Marlins mm-hmm. down, Miami Marlins down there. You know, Jordan's involved with the Bobcats. So I think you're seeing some of the former all-time greats want to get back in on some level. I don't know if it's always going to be the sideline coaching because sometimes you know people I don't think always understand what goes into being a coach Mm -hmm. you know people always say well what do you do in the offseason I'm like there is no offseason this is a year-round job you know they think when the games are over it's just uh hang out you know and that's that's actually the the offseason is the hardest part because that's when you're doing most of your work um so it's you know I think there's a a perception of what coaching is and really what it is And, and and especially at our level it's so much about how you impact young people's lives. Like that, that's the thing I love about it. I really have an opportunity to help an 18-year-old or 17-year-old develop into a young man and really show him how to do things, how to handle adversity, how to you know navigate through some of life's problems and share experiences with them. And that's really the powerful stuff. And you get to do a lot of that in the off season, you know. And at the pro level, it's a little different, mm-hmm. but at the college level, that's what's really awesome, and that's what makes I think so much fun. And you love it? Oh, I love it. it it's it is, you know, it's a lifestyle. 
and I love it. And it's I, I couldn't imagine doing anything. You else. still breathe basketball oh, all the time. Thing. All the time. Yeah, it's it, it's NBA, funny. college, everything. You know, right? it's funny. I don't watch uh, as many. I'll watch games to to learn things and pick up things. And obviously, if I have a friend uh, coaching or playing, I'll, I'll watch and pull. But I, I've become. I read a lot, and I really try to spend a lot of time with my guys, with my my players. Like I'll watch the playoffs. Obviously, we'll go watch games and that type of thing. Um, but I don't go home and let's just say put on sports. Like I just don't go put on. Uh, an NFL game, you know, like it, it almost, it's it, it, it's the best way I could equate it is having a chef go home and then say cook dinner. You know what I mean? It's 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 probably the last thing he's thinking about. You know doing. what? That's your job. Exactly. Now, like, you need to. You need a little decompress at times, and, and there's other areas you want to you know work on or emphasize and, and you know invest in. So uh, I find myself doing a little more of that now. I am. Well, I'm an obsessive reader. What are you reading right now, then? Uh, so I just finished reading Grit by Angela Duckworth. Okay. Uh, Good to Great is by, by is one of my. It's like a Bible to me. I mean, okay. I, I read that, I, and I'm really into a lot of. Uh, you know, like I'll read a lot of small articles on motivation. I real I read a lot of uh, things about militaries, Navy SEAL stuff, training. leaders, and yeah, stuff. All, all those type of things. Machiavelli, the Prince. You know, I get into all that type of stuff, and uh, and I like getting to know what makes people tick. Kind of what what makes you go. You know, what lights that fire in you that makes you want to get up every day and conquer your day? Um, and I like trying to figure out how to push those buttons in people. And that's something I read a lot of personality traits and I'll study different personality scales and, and I'll, I'll try to assess, OK, is this a guy that we can build a program around or is this a coach I can motivate this way or is this a per like because, you know, in college basketball, you have to recruit the eighth man. Um, you have to bring someone in to be no, a... No one realizes that you recruit the two big guys, yeah. Yeah, you have to recruit like... There's still 12 other guys coming. Yeah, exactly. And you have to have a great ninth man because if your ninth man doesn't know he's the ninth man, you got issues in your locker room. So it's what personality assess assessments are you doing to make sure uh, your kids are, are, are bought into that role. Um, I, I, I found a... I, I think it was... I, it might have been Home Depot. I was reading a book and one of the best things I saw was a, a guy, he was interviewing people for a job position and he would take him grocery shopping as part of the interview. And at the end of the grocery shopping, he had him push the cart to the car. And if when they unloaded the groceries, if he put the, if he put the cart back, he would hire him. If he didn't, it means he didn't care about what others thought and wasn't a team it guy. Shows his character. Shows his character. So like little things like that, I'm always looking for, you know, and, and, and different things you can do with young people, just to kind of you know show them different ways of doing stuff. So I'm always trying to. You know, get an edge in that stuff and, and read different things, and I'll reread it and reread it. And, and, I, and then I watch a ton of um, motivational videos, oh, uh, speeches. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Like, I just watched, uh, again, General MacArthur's uh, graduation speech at UT Texas was phenomenal, former Navy SEAL. And he talks about the keys to being a great Navy SEAL. And the, the number one thing is make your bed. Like, who would have thought like, that? Sir, no, that's 81st. Yeah, the first thing is kick some ass. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and he's like, make your bed. And he's like, because what happens is you create habit. You've accomplished something to start your day. No matter how bad your day is, you come back to something good. And, and it's just, it's something very simple. And it's like, okay, you know, now, like, I will not, as, as crazy as that, I don't leave my house ever unless that bed is made. And it's just, like, little things like that I'm always trying to grasp and, and pick up on. I read something very similar to that. It's like, uh, make a to-do list before mm -hmm. you start your day. And the first thing, make it brush your teeth yep. and make your bed. It's like, why? It's like... So the first thing you do is check off two, two things, things you, and, and you create momentum. Like, boom, now yep. let me start rolling. Yeah, exactly. Let's start yeah. rolling. And, and, and it's really uh, little things like that. It's amazing how much it can affect you, you know, and really get you going. So I, I love that type of stuff. And, and that's I've kind of gone more to that than going home and just putting on a game, you know, that type of thing. Now, you commented earlier about how good-looking I am. Now, if I – no, 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 this is important. This is important, Coach. I'm a below-average player. I told you that. If I go to Kentucky, I'm the 12th man. Yeah. 12th man at Kentucky with my looks – 
do I get girls down in Kentucky? If I get, if I play literally, <laughs> I asked Ramel Bradley this, and of course he has to do the interview with his sunglasses on. Cam, of course, gave no comment, no yeah. comment. I'm the twelfth man in Kentucky. You not will, saying you, you, will, you will not um, you will not have an issue getting a date to go to the movies. <laughs> so movie night and cuddle night will be very mo- movie <laughs> night. You will be fine. Okay, a few more minutes with you. Have you kept any memorabilia from any of your playing days that means anything to you? Oh yeah, I, oh, I, I have. I have a ton of stuff. I have. I think you still got well, the ring. Obviously, I have the ring. You, I, wait, I have all my rings. Do you bring your rings to the? Uh, I saw the ninety-seven one, ninety-eight one. Do you, yeah. do you bring it to recruiting? I don't. Really? I don't. I, I, you know, it's funny. I um, you know, one of the things I, I, when I became a coach, I wanted to separate that a little bit, and I and I what the player? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Not not necessarily the player as much as I just want it. I talk about it, and 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 I let kids know about it. But I kind of in in a sense of where. That, that was so special to me as a basketball player. This is kind of the next phase of my life, and it's kind of like I don't want to cross it. And for me, where I want to now hopefully one day get those type of achievements from coaching. I got them from playing, and that was my playing career, and that's separate than my coaching career. But, like, I have my jersey frame still. I have all my practice shorts, practice jerseys, game shorts, you know, all those type of things. Um, and I, I have, you know, great, great team pictures. We were fortunate. We went to Alaska uh, my freshman year. Went to Hawaii, went on some really cool trips, uh, played in some really cool games. You know, got to go to the White House, uh, which was one of the coolest experiences of my life. I didn't know you guys went to the White House. Yeah, when we won it in 98, that we went uh, oh, President, awesome. President Clinton. I mean, we had a great time. And he was a basketball, a big Arkansas fan, oh, too. Oh, huge Arkansas if fan. So he knew, so he knew yeah. SEC well. And, and he was, you know, I was amazed. I'll never forget this. And he would, and, you know, at 20 years old, you know, they bring you in a room. And I think the Tennessee women were there as well. We were at the same time. And he walked in the room, and he knew everyone's name. And he, hey, Stephen, how are you? Nice to see you. Congratulations. You know, it was just, he was so, it was so powerful that here's the President of the United States, all because of a basketball. I'm meeting with the President of the United States. So, I, you know, and I, and I try to talk about, you know, basketball can create so many options for your life. It can do so many things for you. It can, it can put you in so many places. It's, it, you know, I, I'm, I'm really big on respecting the game, you know, just because then I think the game can take care of you. But I have a ton of... Uh, little things from my UK days that, you know, and, and we'll, when we get together, you know, because like Mark Pope is, is in coaching, as I mentioned earlier, Scott, Alan, and we'll all, you know, we'll go to lunch, we'll all get together in, in, during recruiting and kind of, you know, tell our stories. And I'll tell you, that's probably the most fun now is when we get together and we will just tell stories and laugh and just, you know, ride a guy like Cameron, just, you know, crush him, uh, you know, and, and, and just all, all of us, you know, we, but we just have so much fun with each other and, and, and it's really just nice. And, and I think honestly, those memories and those relationships are probably the, the, the most special things. Now, a couple more questions. You might yep. to keep you for like another know. three hours. And what, now, <laughs> six years you were uh, assistant for Patino, right? Yes, six years. Now, yep. and this is what I get, and obviously you don't have to get into it. Yep. I get flack from, this is like, we're at Jack Dempsey's Kentucky yep. Bar. Yep. I get flack because I love Patino. Because yep. what he did, I always feel that people forget what he did. Yeah. You know, never forget. Well, he brought us back from nothing. Right. I love I say us like I'm a player. Yeah. When they play a big game, I get the message like, good luck tonight. Yep. Right. Thank you. I say thank you. I love him. Is there anything he can do to uh, maybe reconcile or the, the relationship with Kentucky fans? I, you know, I don't, I don't think – I don't know. I, I don't really know what the issue or issue isn't, that type of thing. I just think it's this. I think he's the coach of a rival. I just mm-hmm. think he's at Louisville. I think if he's not at Louisville, I, I don't see what's the, what's the issue. You know, and I, and I think – that while he's at Louisville, it's probably going to be tough for Kentucky fans, and I, that's understandable. And I think when he's, you know, if the day comes where he's not at Louisville, I think he'll go back to being, you know, Coach Patino from that that <laughs> brought, you know, 
Mashburn. Bro- Brought you know, back, bro- 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 back. And, and it's funny. I just saw Mash this weekend. At uh, th- this is crazy. I saw Thanks him, for the call. I see. I see Mash at uh, <laughs> there was a basketball recruiting event. I saw Mash, and his son is playing now. His son's 15 years old, playing on the AAU circuit. And like you know, I remember like it was yesterday when Mash went down of course, to Lexington, yeah. you know, for the first time. So it, you know, it's just you know, Mays went. Mash went to Cardinal Hayes right here in the Bronx, mm-hmm. and was a gaucho and all those things. And you know, so just you know, there's so many kind of you know, and people talk about the six separate degrees of separation. Really, in in basketball, it's like two, and then in Kentucky basketball, it's like one. Yeah, it's, you know, it's everyone like knows everyone, everyone knows everyone. Everybody. So it's it's really really you know amazing stuff, and and that's mm-hmm. you know that's the stuff that you kind of really live for, and and and, and you know, there's nothing like that fraternity of players. Give me the funniest Coach P story. Oh man, I, there, there's 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 I got a great one with Cam actually. Okay. Um, <laughs> we're playing we're playing. Uh, so Hootie, we're playing at South Carolina. Hootie and the Blowfish just did the anthem. I think this is like ninety-seven, maybe nah, yeah, ninety-seven, maybe ninety-eight. I'm, I'm not ninety-seven, I think. And we're playing BJ Mackey, Melvin Watson. They have a team, and they're really, really good. Coach Fogler is a coach, and, and um, Coach O'Brien was an assistant uh, at the time. And we're playing um, South Carolina. And at the walkthrough that day, we covered this underneath that bounds play so many times. And now Coach would never say this. He, he goes, you know, we've covered it. We got the, we know the play. We don't need to cover it. Um, so at the time, B.J. Mackey was an all-SEC guard. Mm-hmm, yeah. Let's just say Cameron wasn't the <laughs> quick, quickest defender. Okay, so But Cameron was a guy who knew who he was. He was a great shooter. So Cam is get, matches up with B.J. And so Cam knows if B.J. gets the ball, he's probably um, going to score on him. So Cameron does what most guys would do, and he gets all the way up the line and starts denying the ball. And BJ, uh, Eddie Folk, Coach Folk was yelling, BJ, come get it. Meanwhile, it's all a setup to get BJ going back door. Okay, okay. So Cameron's up the line denying, which we said, you know, coaches made a huge deal. We're not denying on this play. You're not denying. You're going to help to the baseline. Sure enough, Cameron gives up the back door. BJ Mackey, three point play. We lose. They rush the floor. It is just bedlam. So, coach is, I mean, it, 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 was, uh, it was an interesting plane ride home for Cameron Mills. And I think Cam. This, I'm sorry, Patino's coaching. Yes. Okay. And, okay. And I, and I think I think Cam actually went when we got back at like two in the morning. <laughs> I think he went on his own because I was his roommate, and so he wasn't. I think he went and ran himself until <laughs> like five in the morning. He felt so bad about it, and so when we came in the next morning for six a.m. practice or film, whatever it was, Cam was actually still in the weight room running from the night before. Um, yeah, I mean it was the. <laughs> We had we had a lot of fun with that one. Yeah, it was you know at, at that time it wasn't that funny. Uh, it's it's pretty funny now. All right, you got like five more minutes for me. Yeah, yeah, I got right, five. Yep, cool. Five minutes will do. Yep. Oh, that's actually a funny cam story. Yeah, you roommates from two years, ninety seven, ninety eight. You said yep. right. Uh huh. Who else did you roommate Scott with? Scott Paget. Okay. And then uh, Keith Bogans. Of course, I'm a yeah. ten. Keith yeah. Bogans. That's a, you had a solid roommate crew. I, I had a great yeah. If we if we got a little four and four tournament, we had a good group. That's we, a we, solid yeah. team yeah. to yeah. roommate with. Now let's tell the truth because Cam does listen all the time and. You know what's great? Like, I'll have an episode with, uh, you ever watched The Wire? Yeah. Michael K. Williams came on. Okay. We do the show, and, like, a ton of people listen to it. And then I get, like, a, a great author, and, like, not that many people. Right. But once a Kentucky guy comes on, yeah. I look, it's the most listened to. Like, Ramel Bradley came on. It was, like, the yeah. top five shows wow. I've ever had because every Kentucky guy listens. Yeah. Unbelievable. Give me one good Cameron Mills roommate story. I want one, a real good one. A real a real good one. Oh, man. There, there's so many. I, I, I don't know. It's not a story. Uh, it was It was... Cam, I don't know if you know, is a huge Seinfeld guy. Oh, I, so huge. am I, though. So am I, so, though. And, yeah. I, and I am, too. So the greatest thing, and, I, <laughs> that, and this was really one of the reasons, like, you know, Cam and I really we started to get real close, um, 
was Cameron had like this is going back to VHS tape <coughs> plays, you know, tapes. He had like three <coughs> full tapes of Seinfeld. And all we would do is we get back from, you know, these these tough practices and we would just literally put Seinfeld in, order Domino's thin crust pizza and literally just sit in a room and watch Seinfeld for like hours. It, it, I mean, that was just like, you know, our thing. Um, you know, but like Cam, you know, Cam was just a funny guy. I mean, Cam was uh you know, he he was uh, he did so many funny things, and and he's he's the best. I I love him dearly. When you were down there, you just said Pizza Hut and Domino's. Did that crush you to have? And I mean, it's a pizza from down there that crushed you. Well, you know, like any New Yorker, you're not gonna you're not gonna take take that as pizza. You know, so I'm out every day on a search, and I'm like, hey, could we start a slices? You know, they didn't have slices. I'm I like, know. can we get slices down here? <laughs> I'm like, I'll get someone to send the water down. You know, because that's what they would say. It's the waters. I'm like, all right, well, let's 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 figure this out. You know, what about bagels? What about cold cuts? What can we do? Like, I would just try to get one place, and then what would happen is like a place would open up, and someone would tell you, oh my god, they have the best pizza, and you get so excited, and you're you all go, up, like yeah, and you're like, eh. you know, oh, so it, it was uh, there was a lot of those, but I'll tell you, Rafferty saved me because I, I became a huge. I mean, I was I probably had Rafferty's. You know, four four days a week. I mean, you know, it was, that's that's that became the go to. I'll give you the worst pizza story. Not that you really care, but I'll tell you this: John and I are in, uh, are we, we're, we're in Thailand, and we're in Phuket or PP Island. We're somewhere in Thailand, and we're gone for like two weeks. And right. we're like, dude, no more noodles, no more pad. Th- like, dude, we need right. real food. Right. And we're out. We're like, uh, we're hanging out on the beach. It's some like, Thailand is just crazy. It's our favorite place in the world. We we just went. We were in Singapore just now. We took a, we just went to Thailand for a day. So then I'm like, dude, there's pizza here. Dude, we ate the pizza. It was it was truly it was Wonder Bread right. with like ketchup on it wow. and like some like grated cheese. And we're like, and they toasted it. We're eating it. We're trying to like, dude, it was the worst thing I've ever wow. had in my life. Wow, you, you the pizza, wow. yeah, yeah. That 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 that's it. it you know, you, that's one of the things. And and I I've a pr- I really appreciated when I came back, and I even appreciated it more this last time when I moved back to New York. You know, there's nothing like eleven at night. You're hungry, going to get a great meal. And you can't do that in a lot of cities, you know. And like I'm on the road, a lot recruiting. of countries either. Yeah, yeah. and, and you, you know, you, you you just you get spoiled. You know, you get really spoiled by the access you have in New York. And I know that sounds so well obvious, but it it you re- when you're in New York and you get up at eleven at night and go get a rigatoni or go get a, you know, a, a chicken dish, a real dinner, um, and then that's taken away. I mean, it changes your whole change your whole day. How you of course I mean, it does. Like I'm at eight o'clock, nine o'clock, and I'm like, okay, let me just get a to go back to. You know, what I mean, it, it it changes things drastically. Coach, listen to this. We, like I, I keep referencing going away, even anywhere in the country. Yeah, we'll go out and we, we, what country? We, we're just in Singapore. So we right. got Singapore. It was like 10 p.m. The only we had to go to 7-Eleven and buy sandwiches. You don't yeah. realize it. Yeah. And everyone's like, "Oh, of course, New York is a city." No, no, the city doesn't sleep. Not for partying. No, no. You can literally no. go to the best restaurant. Yeah. When you go to like OpenTable.com, like re- reservations 11:30. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's normal. Yeah, oh, and that, and that's a norm. You know, and that, and that is you know that that's. You know, and, and you take that, especially when I go on the road or we're traveling somewhere, and let's just say you get done with a game. At, you know, and again, we're not flying private. So let's say you get done with a game at 10 o'clock on the road and our flight's the next day. I want to go get a good meal. And you're on the road line, you can't get it. And that, that's, I mean, it's the little things that make you really love New York that I appreciate so much. And, you know, that's just, that's just one of many. All right, you've been hanging out with me 45 minutes. I'm going to hit you with the last, last couple of questions. Best play you ever played with? And played against, not like one on one. Best player you ever played with, and a player while in college that was on the other team. That yeah, was best player uh, you've ever probably the best player I ever played with, Ron Mercer, uh, who was a real good friend of mine. Okay, was was that's a good answer. Okay, was I don't think people realize how good he. Him and Derek were those battles. Oh, yeah, it, it was awesome. Were, were were phenomenal, and I'll never forget that '97 year when Derek tore his ACL in January, and he came back, 
in March and you know he basically started working out with the scout team which which I was on and and he would I mean he was it was amazing how good he was the best player on the court I mean so Ron and Derek were two guys I just I haven't seen anyone like them I mean they were just obviously they went on to be lottery Derek was going to be well, obviously a little biased. He was probably going to be better player, not better player, player of the year over Tim Duncan that year. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, I was, mean, he was having a phenomenal, phenomenal people year. People forget sometimes what the NBA career is because they both had good NBA careers, yeah. long yeah. time, made good money. Yeah. But they forget how dominant they were in college. Oh, it, they, it's, and especially a guy like Ron Mercer. I mean, Ron Mercer as a sophomore was dominant. I mean, he was a dominant. So those two guys were terrific. As far as on the other team, you know, I, I'll, I'll never forget we played Iowa uh, in the NCAA tournament out in Utah and Andre Woolridge put on a show against us. He was terrific. Uh, Stefan Marbury. Uh, Steph's a, a great guy and a terrific player. Tim Thomas at Villanova. People forget how good Tim was at Villanova. And then Wally Zerbiak. I mean, those are guys, just four you guys. Played them in, didn't you play them in the tournament? Did you you played play Miami, Ohio. Yes, my, I, uh, I think my junior year we played them in the tournament. And I remember I was, I was nervous because now you can watch every game. Right. I know yeah. On ESPN, I remember yeah. like the, I think Sports Illustrated had a thing like Wally's World. Yes. I'm like, we're oh, playing this dude? Yeah. I was yeah. so nervous playing nah, that he team. Was, and he's a, he's a New York guy. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. A, he, and, and he was – I mean, he was a really good basketball player. So, like, those those were guys that just kind of, you know. And then Jason Williams from Florida was. White chocolate. He puts on clinics. Like, he was, you go on Twitter now. Was, you forgot some of the moves no, he did. And in college, he was, you know, he was really, really. Um, no, no one knew no about leash, him. There was no leash on him. Well, and, and no one knew about him. You know, it, so everything he did, you were seeing him for the first time. He was such an innovator. You know, he'd come down and he was throwing thirty-five foot no-look passes. I mean, he came into Rupp Arena on, I think it might have been Senior Day, and, and, and no, I don't know if it was Senior Day, and he put on a show against us. I mean, he was so those five guys really were guys that I was kind of in awe of. You know, that you just kind of don't forget them. Do you have a relationship, obviously, with Coach P? Mm-hmm. How about a relationship with Tubby Smith? Mm-hmm. Oh, do you guys? Oh yeah, okay. yeah. Coach Smith's great, and I just saw Coach Smith actually. Uh, where, where I, I just saw him recruiting about right before his conference tournament. He's great, you know. He's he's uh, coach him is a good man, a uh, really good man, and and um, you know he's doing a, he's gonna do a great job at Memphis. So yeah, you know, there's a relationship with all all those guys. Okay, final two questions. I access to every person who comes on my show. Okay, it's not what you bench press anymore. Yeah, I access to everyone. You and I are out. We're at a bar. It's yep. packed. Yep. You want to impress everyone in the bar. You take out your phone. Who's the coolest person that you can text that will text you back? Because we all have people on our phone that doesn't text back. Coolest cat in your phone that if you text them, they're texting you back. Uh, I don't. Really, I don't think I have anyone that cool on my phone. <laughs> when people say that and like, well, who do you have? We'll have these guys. Like, I don't think I have that really that cool on my phone. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I got Cam. Cameron Mills. No, Cameron, that's the worst. That's, I delete him every two days when he comes on. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I have anyone that cool on really, my no phone. One, no one's impressing anybody. No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think any of my phone's gonna press anyone. No, I don't. Really? Yeah, I don't think that's so. That's point thing. I thought you were gonna have some because no. coaching you're around the circle. I thought you were gonna have yeah, some good answers. No, I don't. I don't think I have anyone. Okay, uh, you're coaching at Manhattan. Yep. You're loving it, obviously. Oh, yeah. Great. I asked this. Sean Woods came on a couple times. Would you, it's a two-part question, would you ever take an assistant job at a huge school as a stepping stone again? That's the first question, would you? Uh, you know, I think there's nothing like having your own program and being able Run to kind the of, show. And it's not necessarily about running the show. It's about, you know, I learned so much being an assistant under Coach Patino and, and very fortunate for the people I've been under. Um, but you kind of get to the point where you want to step out on your own and see if you can do it and see if you can put your spin on things or put your style on things. And it's not necessarily about running things as much as it is about the way you go about them and the way you do them. And I think that's really rewarding and challenging. Um, so I, I think there's once you kind of go off on your own, um, you don't 
you don't want to go back to being an assistant unless you have to. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that's something that, that I don't have to do. And how's the team coming in this year? Are you happy with uh, it? Yeah, we should be very good. Last year, unfortunately, actually last two years, we had two bad injuries. And last year, our best player was out. Uh, and he was hurt for the year. We have him back. And you, we have, you went to tournament twice in a row, right? Yeah, two, uh, two years ago. We went back-to-back years. And we, um, you know, our best player is back with basically our top six guys are back. Um, so we should, you know, if we stay healthy, you know, our, our schedule is going to be tough as always. And it will be very challenging. Um, but we're going to, you know, I think we have a great group of kids that I really enjoy being around. I really like them as, as guys. And anytime you enjoy the people you work with or coach, it makes the job that much better and you have that much more fun with it. Now, we have one job together. Here's what we're going to do. Okay. Because we travel all the time. So yep. we, we'll take four days off and go anywhere in the world. Yep. You and I have – not Cameron because it would be boring <laughs> out there. We get D-Lo yep. to come with us. I, I say us like I'm part of the team now. To go to Dublin for three days. Love it. We'll get, we'll get the, I'm serious. Let's do it. We'll, we're going to we'll call D-Lo awesome. after this. We'll get Let's D-Lo just like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Be, yeah. Three days we have a game. We'll go D-Lo just to Dublin yeah. and get D-Lo back home. Love it. Let's do it. I'm in. I'm serious, bro. We're going to get D-Lo out there just cursing be, on the plane, being awesome, fun. right? That'll be fun. That'll be a great Coach, time. Coach, this is awesome. I had a no, good time, Thanks man. so much. we got to do it again. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you.